And now we turn, we're going to go straight to uh, welcome our guest, Ngaranoa, to the studio. Hello. Atamari e te whānau, whānui o Whaingaro, and though and anyone else who's listening in, uh, Atamari e. Kia ora. It's New Zealand Music Month. It and, is. And it's all about the music and, and the morning show at the moment. I'm making everyone uh, talk about music instead of what they normally talk about, and <laughs> yourself included. So you, you've brought something in, and uh, do you want to tell, tell us what it's about? Um, yes, I'd like to give uh, our listeners the opportunity to listen to a CD that was gifted to me by my daughter. It's called Matariki, the songwriting competition from 2011. It's a compilation of young people presenting their songwriting skills uh, into this, um, yeah, into the CD. And the first one that I'd like to us to listen to is Pokura by Eden Totali from St. Cuth's. How do you say St. Cuthbert? Or they just say St. Cuth's because we're Saint all lazy. St. Cuth's <laughs> College, um, who was actually the winner of this competition, but not to diminish the value of the others that you will hear during this interview. I think the point of a competition is to attract attention to all of the music. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how I said. I just needed to acknowledge that she did yes. this um, first up. So you'll hear it at the beginning. Okay, all right. And we'll, we'll go out with that one as well. We'll start with the track now. Yes.
how you got the morning show with Aaron, and then we're playing on a CD, so that was a little caught me by surprise there. I forgot what you do at the end of a CD. But. <laughs> so that was Pokura by Eden Totali from St. Cuspeth's College. All right. And uh, during this interview, we'll play some more from this CD. And one of the main people that was involved in as a judge was Hine Wehi Mohi, who is now a dame, um, of course. And she was, you know, uh, very pivotal in the life of, and still is, in terms of writing music and encouraging um, young people to to use their talent in this way because of her own career, actually, as well. Uh, so... That that that's pretty cool. So so folks, we we we've got a CD here, and it's it's, it's focused on Matariki. Yes, there we go. And also, one of the main features, and I'll just say that because we're now looking at nine main stars out of the three thousand. So traditionally, it was viewed as seven. Uh, it, uh all around the world. In fact, is it Stonehagen or Stain? S- Stonehenge. Probably. Stonehenge yeah. actually faces. Uh, Pallades. Right. So it's known as Pallades. It has a lot of Greek mythology associated with it. So it's been with us, Maira no, a very long time. Uh, Pallades, known here in the Southern Hemisphere as Matariki, the tiny eyes of God, because of the projection, I think, of just around the constellation itself. I remember uh, a long time ago. When I was first alerted to the presence of Matariki, I thought, oh, I, I don't know what they're talking What are they talking about? So I went on to my brand new um, laptop or computer at that time. And when she appeared on the screen, I was very much taken by her beauty, by the projection and unfiltered. And it was, you know, these, these um, uh, how do you say, Images had come through NASA, uh, so I, I was also, I, I mean, does that mean anything? Well, it kind of does because it, it's the, the way that they, you know, technically produce, reproduce these images of these uh, constellations, and I, and I was just thought, oh my gosh, is that her? Is that what we are talking about? We now have, uh, in addition to the seven that we know we have always spoken about or sung about is there are two more, Pohutukawa and Hiwe Itirangi. And we've been guided to uh, have those, add those two fitu to the Kahu fitu or Matariki by an, a Māori astronomer, um, okay. Rangi Mātāmua. So is this, this is not something that's come from worldwide astronomy? Saying now this cl- this constellation cons- consists of nine stars. This is a something from Aotearoa. Um, yes, it has come from Aotearoa. That's okay. my understanding. The um, like Subaru. Yes. The image of Subaru. That's is, the Japanese name for yes, the cluster. Yes, and, and that has seven, in in its um, you know on its. Which we can see on the cars. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you know there are several other references around the world, uh, not only in the Pacific. So it's a well-known constellation. One of the main features here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, is that it is our New Year. Mm. It's a time. It's it, it's 
it challenges the solar calendar, the Gregorian calendar, which operates around the, the movement of the sun. It's a lunar calendar, and it's um, and you can put the two together in a sense that you use them both, or use whatever other calendars, the Mayan calendars that you you wish to. But for for us here, we are we are reigniting that um, that uh, that Matariki is a very important point of reference in. A, in a time frame for us mm. and mm. i and i understand that 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 um pre-european times people would be looking for matariki to appear on the horizon and when matariki appeared that was a that was the sign that we were at around the new year period i don't know all the details obviously um but yes of course it's it's in the northeastern horizon uh just before dawn teatatu uh is just that point of Dawn, where you know, you know the clouds, the stars can still be seen before the sun takes over. Right, um, and that has uh, a lot of meaning in term in terms of activities going forward, and what that means to uh, for us um, here in terms of gardening practices, fishing. Um, how we go forward, just in in the life of the village or the town yeah. that you you're in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Shall we play the the second yes, track? Yes. Let's, let's have a look at the second track, which is Atua by Rehia Rupahu from Te Kura Kaupapa Māori or Huani Waititi.
you've got the morning show with Aaron, and we've got Ngaranoa here in the studio, and we're just going through, um, I can't see the cover of the CD at the moment, but uh, it was a 2011 music competition where uh, Rangatahi entered to sing songs about Matariki and write songs and spend time w- uh, a bit of time with some professional musicians and develop their talent and their skills and their writing ability. It kind of sounds a bit like we tried to do with Whangaroa Talent Factory, but I think they had a bit more money than us because they produced a CD at the end. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of the big picture. Do we know what that track was about, Ngaranoa? Um, that track was about Atua, and she was really expressing, uh, you know, just you can also the, the nuance of her voice. I, f- I found that interesting as well. Um, you know, that vibration? Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah the, the vibrato. vibrato. Yeah. Vibrato, yeah, that's right. And I, um, expressing a connection to... Matariki through through those words really yeah okay yeah once again yeah and so that was so we should say there's about eleven about eleven songs on the CD or more than that yes there's twelve there's twelve, 12 songs. on this yeah. on the CD I I don't know how widely available it was at the time but my daughter Fetu was walking, working for the Auckland Theatre Company at the time yeah. in New Theatre so she'd lock of opportunity or access to material that was right there and definitely um, like to share it with me. Yeah. And I, yeah. I was very happy for that to be so. So this is a, 11 years on. We're listening to these to these rangatahi from these different kura uh, who came together for this purpose uh, as songwriters, early songwriters, to present and, as you say, made this fabulous CD. Um, we have another one here. It's called Oku Marei Kura, and the uh, the artist is Te Ahorangi Winitana from Te Kura or Ahorangi. And can you tell us what the, the title means? Oh, yes, Marei Kura. So that's... Mare kura is to do with a um, a priestess, a Pri- high priestess. I, yeah, yeah. It's it's giving attention to those duties, responsibilities that come with an elder, a female, or not not so much even an elder, but growing up within that, understanding sacred uh, rituals and ceremonies. Okay, all right, let's play that track. Marae kura, oku marae kura. Te tomo, mamá, no te pongo, no me mata, es la niña, me tete. 
Hey, you got the morning show with Aaron, and Aaronoa is here with uh, the Matariki 2011. I can't read it. The, <laughs> the words are too hard for me to read. Ah, oh, there we go. Songwriting competition. <laughs> Bigger words. And that was Oku Maraikura, and the um, artist was Te Ahorangi Genus, uh, Te Ahorangi Winitana from Te Kura or Ahorangi. And we were talking off the air about um, this particular singer has grown up bilingual and, w- and what that means for someone to grow up bilingual because in other countries it's very common, but not here in Aotearoa and, until sort of recent decades. Um, so, I think it was uh, an important strategy of the colony to colonise Aotearoa mm. so that Māori would not be spoken. And that was very actively followed from from the time that you were put into, uh, if you, wasn't called mainstream schooling then, but it was definitely a um, considered n- not a good idea. Well, it was just you just weren't able to speak Maori without being penalised in some way. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a strategy of the colonial. Uh, the colony at the time to colonise uh, Maori. That's what it means to colonise, really, doesn't it? Is to I, I think they, were, what you they think. were much more interested in having us as England's backyard. <laughs> yes, and, and that for a long time, I think that was considered to be oh, how lucky you are. Uh, it's very much now understood how the diminishing the language particularly of indigenous people, is a great loss for everybody because what comes with indigenous languages is a whole other way of seeing the world Mm. and how much richer we have found as we pick up te reo in our own country once again with a vengeance and that's been displayed in this waiata by Te Ahurangi Winitana and also the um, the inspiration of her Fano to follow and to track that, and to ensure that the the Tamariki were at least bilingual. That was the least they could be, because it was such <clears throat> an important way of communication going forward. Considering that we were in isolation here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, being promoting monolingualism, mm. which doesn't serve any, any, anyone. No, no, we were talking about how in Europe it's, it's very normal to speak two, probably three languages. Mm. And, mm. Yeah. It's very common for people coming from out of Aotearoa to already have, yes, as you say, be trilingual. Uh, and it's normal. And so... Normalising te reo into our mainstream education system is essential on a, on a global scale because it offers the opportunity for us to turn our ear to the rich languages that are within in the globe yeah. and not diminish their, their presence and meaning. And you were just saying to me uh, that you didn't learn te reo as a child but a visit at some time in India sparked your interest in language? In my mid-twenties, um, I went to India with my husband, Lester Silver, who who was following um, a mu- music 
of sitar and during that one year that we spent in India everything was about listening to communicate and so yes I was exposed to the languages the languages of India in a yeah. variety of ways they were full of ritual India was completely focused on their spirituality and and exchanging goods in a certain way and and their the gestures that they made with their hands not only the language so you got a very i got an extremely rich understanding of how important language was from from that that experience and when you came back home did you endeavor to learn uh, i went straight into it in 1985 in the far north I went to the marae, the local marae in Pupuke, Kaio, regularly. Um, the, at that time, Te Kohanga Reo was, was, you know, um, beginning to flourish. Yeah. And so I had the opportunity, but I was already an adult and had a, a young a daughter, mm. fetuity. And it was a very rich experience, but I, I was taking hold of it because I knew I'd missed out in my earlier years and my both my parents were re- really totally supportive. They also realised they hadn't spoken it to us and for all the right reasons it was really not not considered uh, uh, the right thing to do. Yeah. For, you know, it was brainwashing, forms of brainwashing and and I think it was a very sad time, very angry time, still is, for many, to um, realise the insult that was flung at us as an Indigenous people to lose so much so quickly, or a sense of loss. We're definitely on the road of a renaissance and are very proud, very proud to be so. Mm. And did you, did you raise your children to, to, in a bilingual household? Were you able uh, to? And not a bilingual household, to be fair. Their father didn't really embrace it to the same degree. However, he gave them other experiences, you know, mm. not denying what he offered. Was Kura available for them? Yes, um, there were a variety. There was a huge variety. There was all sorts of ways of schooling. I was a, you know, I am a trained teacher myself, and I experienced a variety of bilingual units, Kura Kaupapa Māori, where schools were completely changing over to become an immersion school. Yeah. Te Arima was a classic example of that. Te Kura Kaupapa Māori or Te Arima went from mainstream to total immersion um, because of the dem- dem- demographics of the area as well. Made sense? So where was that, the area? Um, that's over in, in Hamilton. Oh, is it near Five Crossroads? Yes. That's, yeah, I know where that school is. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so these... These initiatives began to be um, came up very quickly. Um, many kohangareo were also developed during that time. Finding people who had some real, finding a qualification that was suitable, early childhood qualifications that could embrace them. Tifariki, the writing of Tifariki, which is an early childhood document for early childhood teachers. All those things were happening. It was a, <clears throat> a very important time in our educational history and, and indigenous history. And so your children, are they, they're bilingual? Yes. 
to a degree. Very. I mean, we live in an English-dominated society still. So degrees of yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, have always. a rich. They're very, very staunch. And the, and you talked about when you were you started to learn te reo and and that feeling of that anger that that something had been stolen from you. Do they? Do they not carry that anger? Do they not feel it as strongly? I mean, they obviously feel what's happened to, to Maori people, but for them personally, it's a different upbringing? Um, no, I think the, the pukuriri, we call it where the puku is, uh, has this sense of anger, is there. Um, and I think it's justified. However, it's also, we don't really have time for it. We have... There are so many good things that we need to pay attention to. Mm. So I have always encouraged that to be the focus. Like, yes, I understand, you know, I really understand. I would say that. But we, we really need to get on with this kaupapa so that we can give attention to the good, the really good things that we can develop. Yeah. Whanaketanga, develop um, for each other and to um, not live like that in in that space of, you know, looking at people through those eyes too, you know. And um, But, yeah, it can get pretty pretty close to pretty raw. It still can and does. Um, not I'm not speaking specifically about my own children. Yeah. No, yeah. but it's just in, in, the, um, in, in the community. Yeah. Yeah. Communities. Also, as a, as a young person, I think you're prone to feeling that that sense of injustice. I mean, I come from the, probably the most privileged segment of our New Zealand culture, which is a middle middle class white boy, and I still, in my early twenties, was angry about all sorts of things, yes, all sorts yes, of injustices. Of so, yeah, it's um, yeah, injustice common. is a um, global issue mm. of of various na- various kinds. Yes. Yeah. All right. Should we return to the music? Yes. That was very interesting, at, um, but we've got um, another track. Uh, it's Snakes and Ladders by Arihia Cassidy. It's featuring Tau Henare from Te Kura Kaupapa Māori o Ngā Tapuai. Get 
beginning At this time celebrating what's a There's nothing like your shining light That makes my whole life bright May the seven sisters shine I'll close my eyes I'll make a got the morning show with Aaron and welcome back Naranoa. Oh, I killed her. And uh, remind people that, that oh, I remember the name of that track. It was Snakes and Ladders. That was much easier for me. <laughs> yes. I'm embarrassed to say. Um, so, and that was, is Snakes and Ladders a metaphor, I'm guessing, in that track? Um, <laughs> I didn't cue you. I didn't cue you up to talk about this, did I? No, you didn't. Sorry. And we've been talking in between times, but I, it was on the album, so it's um, it was it was relevant to the Matariki yeah. Kopapa. All right. Well, let's well let's talk about the Matariki Kopapa because we're coming into coming up in a month's time. Ah, uh, no, we're the... we're right there now. The oh, okay. appearance of Matariki happens in Haratua, which is now uh, towards the end of May. And then into Pipiri, which is through June. Uh, for some iwi, I really need to acknowledge, um, even for my own people in Ngapuhi and in the far north and many other iwi, it's uh, puanga. Puanga, which is uh, regal, is uh, really the more prominent star constellation or star to be acknowledged just prior to Matariki's appearance. So Puanga is a really important point of reference. I imagine depending where you are in terms of north or south would affect when constellations appear on the horizon as well. This is not an area of my expertise. (laughs) Yes, it is. And also with the rotation of the earth and those relationships to other planets and the way that the the star constellations work, the timing of sighting Matariki is different every year, uh, but around this time. So it's, it's like like Easter traditionally moves around a bit. Is the Matariki public holiday going to move around a bit? Do we know? Probably not. Probably, Probably not. They're uh, going to, they've said it to be the twenty fourth. I think it would stay on the twenty fourth. Is it going to be a Friday? Or, <laughs> I don't know. We, we didn't plan to talk about this. I'm now wondering: Is it always going to be the twenty fourth, or is it always going to be a Friday? Is it going to move around? Is, yeah. No, I'd say that they'll they'll lock it in to be the twenty fourth. Um, I know we have a local event here. Uh, also on the 26th on the Sunday, on the Sunday yeah. and part of the uh, main street will be closed off for that yeah. down for by the library three hours. And, down by the library and trade aid down that area there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's quite, that's quite... Um, Create a community space there. Yes, yes, yeah. and, and, and roll out the beginning of a, a new dialogue, really, you know, um, for us so we can 
give creative expression to this time as a community. Yeah. Mm. So let's go a little bit more about the Kopapa of Matariki and it's through this time of the year and what it traditionally meant. Well, it's the end of the um, storage, the season where the, the kumara is already in the storehouses in the pātaka. Yeah. So that work is completed. So it's the end of that growing cycle. And you can take a moment, <coughs> excuse me, time to pause from all the hard work and gather together, tell stories, pūrāko, um, and enjoy the warmth of the fire. So you will have already gathered enough wood also, if you have a wood stove, <laughs> a wood fire. And, but you gather in so you're more, more quieter, really, in, in that time. And you can share food that has come from that great harvest from just prior with um, people as well. So you, 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 you give attention to the sharing of food um, as well, storytelling, um, not so much, you know, where in the middle of summer you're out and about and you're, you're, you're yeah, yeah, it's got that feel about it. And it's an important part of spending time with intergenerational um, f- uh, whānau. Yeah. Yeah, which, which is not, not that common in Western society, give attention to more, you know, younger, younger people and older people coming together, being together. Mm. Not, in, not at this time of year. It happens at Christmas and New Year's. Well, it happens at Christmas. Yeah, for a day. For a day. Or part of, and part people, of a day. And people often talk negatively about the experience as well. It's probably because it's not a seasonal event. It's not over a period of days. It's all, you know, given, uh, the attention is given to a few hours within a, a particular day, and it can be quite scary. And, and people are working really hard right up to midnight on Christmas Eve in some cases, trying to get everything ready for the big break. And, and most of us have probably been through that experience. Then suddenly you're dropped into, and, and I see, especially middle-aged men standing around slight, looking slightly, blinking their eyes and like trying to find themselves again because they've just been so focused on that one aspect of their lives and suddenly it just stops with a... Oh, like I've been like that at times. Yes, yes. I think that it's... I, I'm not sure about that few hours on Christmas Day being where we hold it in such in such importance. I think taking it over a period of time and the time of Matariki is more than one day. It's a few days. In fact, it can last for for a whole month, if you wish. Um, the way that the activities that you participate in, the learning of different skills, you know, exchanging um, those things through through kōrero, going into wānanga, being um, more quieter, learning about how to become more quieter as well those attention to those parts of your life that you may not give so much attention to at other times in terms of quietness. Mm. <laughs> you can see why summer's not the time for that. 
no. It feels like the time for that now. Looking out the window, town's quiet. There's yes, not much happening. Yes, it's cold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and taking care of each other, you know, bringing in the rongoa so that you you pass on that information so you go, oh, yes, yes, we'll do that. And, you know, quietly showing each other or those who know those practices uh, around preparation of medicines that get you through those colder months. That's an essential mm. ingredient. So is that a focus of yours at the moment? Oh, yeah, very much. Yeah. The kumaraho is arriving from the far north today, actually, so I'll make that available to our community because it's one of my um, raka rangatira. It's uh, really important for the for the chest, for the breath, breathing, and um, it's one that I want to ensure that our community has access to. But it does come down from Kaio. Northland, right. okay. through my own whānau. And I think we talked about this in a previous chat we had. I don't remember too many details. Yes, but, kumaraho, yeah. the pomaderis. Yeah. Um, it's a really important medicine, and it will uh, to make it available is important so that people have it in their 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 medical kit. You know, I mean, we've got we've got the we've got the vitamin C. You know, we've got the the. Um, Apple cider vinegar. We've got all those other and beautiful rongoa, but this this is one of the chief ones right. that I would encourage people to have um, and to take as infusions, uh, and um, and feel the benefit of that deep healing within the um, breathing, breathing the respiratory system. Mm. Mm. You know, there's been a few people having trouble with the respiratory system with yeah, COVID yeah, and all. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Um, do you think we we would play the the f- the one we played at the beginning? Yes, I, that's, I was trying to work out what we were going to play. I, f- <laughs> I forgot that we were replaying it. So there we go. Pokura Eden Totali from Saint Cuspith's College. And we've been talking to Ngaranoa Renata, and normally we talk uh, we call it the Kairongoa segment, but uh, today. <laughs> It's New Zealand Music Month, and I'm making everybody talk about music, basically. <laughs> a little bit unfair, but uh, it's, it's actually been a, a fun month and it's been a good chat. <laughs> kia ora. Uh, kia, kia haumaru koutou. Time. 
time for change is near But what is it that keeps us stuck here? Desperation, fear We have come so far It's pretty 